Today, Donald Trump reacts to being arrested. New polling numbers indicate Biden may be in trouble and drag queens cry harder about not being able to groom children. We've got all of that and more coming up, but it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. And last night, President Donald Trump spoke out for the first time since being arrested and arraigned in a Manhattan courthouse yesterday on 34 counts of, (gasps) wait for it, falsifying business records in the state of New York. He spoke to a room full of his supporters at Mar-a-Lago. And here is some of that. And I never thought anything like this could happen in America. Never thought it could happen. The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. He went on to blast Soros puppet D.A. Alvin Bragg for illegally leaking grand jury information, saying perhaps it is Fat Alvin himself who should be indicted. Okay, Donald Trump didn't say the Fat Alvin part. I might have just added that. Watch. Indictment together came out today. Everybody said this is... Not really an indictment. There's nothing here. My lawyers came to me and they said, there's nothing here. They're not even saying what you did. The criminal is the district attorney because he illegally leaked massive amounts of grand jury information. For which he should be prosecuted or at a minimum he should resign. And Alvin Bragg's wife confirmed a report that claimed her husband has Trump nailed on felonies. She has since locked down her Twitter account. And he continued to cite the conflict of interest in his judge, uh, Juan Merchant, the conflict of interest he may have in this case, considering his family is, I would say, pretty tight-knit with the Biden-Harris administration. Watch. Not the same place that I know, not the same place that you know. And this is where we are right now. I have a Trump-hating judge with a Trump-hating wife and family whose daughter worked for Kamala Harris and now receives money from the Biden-Harris campaign and a lot of it. Hmm. And despite being the first former president to ever be indicted, despite the cards stacked against him, the radical judge and DA laying in wait, foaming at the mouth to destroy his life for political gain, Trump was still pretty resolute in his campaign to make America great again. Watch. With all of this being said, and with a very dark cloud over our beloved country, I have no doubt, nevertheless, that we will make America great again. Thank you very much. God bless you and God bless America. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Now, yesterday we talked to Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton and we had ju- the, the, the indictment had just come down. We have finally gotten the papers. We were waiting on them all day. I sat here and I asked him as I went through these papers, I said, what am I missing? The whole backbone of this supposed case was that there was a second crime that was concealed and that that was what pushed these charges to the felony level. But there was nothing here. No accusation, no information, no explanation, absolutely nothing to explain how the DA's office planned to jump through these hurdles. But 
I understand. I'm staunchly conservative. The general is obviously conservative. My panelists are typically conservative. Maybe that's just me. I'm being biased. Well, take a listen to formal national security advisor and well-known Trump hater John Bolton telling CNN talking heads that the charges are even weaker than he thought. Watch. For you, one big picture, what do you think of the indictment? Well, speaking as someone who very strongly does not want Donald Trump to get the Republican presidential nomination, I'm extraordinarily distressed by this document. I think this is even weaker than I feared it would be. Uh, and I, I think uh, it's, it's easily subject to being dismissed or a, a, a quick acquittal for Trump. Just speaking, going back to the days when I represented Jim Buckley and Gene McCarthy and the constitutional challenge to the underlying federal statute here passed in 1974, I can say there is no basis in the statutory language to say that Trump's behavior forms either a contribution or an expenditure under federal law, the two key definitions at issue here. Uh-oh. And uh, unfortunately for the left, he was not an anomaly. The mainstream media, you know, the same people who are most anxious to get Trump on something, anything, because orange man bad, were admitting all night, all over mainstream media, that the charges fell flat based on its merits. Here is some of that. Watch. It's an interesting shift today because, and maybe it's all our own fault. You know, we've kind of whipped ourselves up over the last week about, you know, if they're bringing this case, it must be more than what we know is inside. And mm -hmm. then we looked inside today and say, oh, it's just the same stuff we already knew. Uh -oh. So what changed? You know, it's a seven-year-old case. Uh, in the DA's office, they called this the zombie case because every time they put it away, it came back to life. The problem with this indictment, it's got a big hole in it, which is, as you said, Trace, and as Kevin said, it doesn't actually describe the crime. Without that description of the crime, all you've got are a bunch of misdemeanors. The clock ran out over five years ago on bringing charges for this. They're not even that serious. You wouldn't even go to a grand jury for them. So the only way you can get it to a felony is that the misdemeanor, the cooking of the books, as it were, mm. has to be to conceal some other crime. That crime is never mentioned in the indictment. Yep. That's a serious flaw. I think Donald Trump might be able to get out of this case just because of the failure of this indictment to explain the crime. And then you've got a lot of other problems with what crime is it? If it's a federal crime, I don't think no. that Bragg is even allowed to prosecute a federal crime. So this is just one of the many legal flaws that are afflicting this indictment. A lot of holes there, it sounds like. And sadly, and I'm sure totally coincidentally enough, we won't find out anything more about this case because Judge Merchant scheduled the next hearing to take place on December 4th, which just so happens to be two months before the Republican primaries. Again, total coincidence, I am sure. I'd like to welcome to the program uh, Jason Buttrell, chief researcher of the Glenn Beck program and actor and producer extraordinaire Matthew Marsden, who always sounds very fancy with his accent. <laughs> it's, it's all a facade. <laughs> um, so not a good look, I think, for New York City DA's office to have even your most loyalists, right, the people who always want to jump on to what you say if it's anything negative against Donald Trump, the people who propagated the Russia collusion hoax for two years, two and a half years, happy to go along with it, still even sometimes claim that it was true, even though we know that it wasn't. Even they are like, oh, yeah, this uh, <laughs> turns out there's nothing here. Does it matter? I'm not so sure it does. I don't. I asked that question yesterday. Is like if you have a radical judge, if you have a, a jury that's stacked against you, maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, yeah, the jury will be stacked against you. The location is right, stacked in, against right, you in New York. Yeah, and the judge is stacked against you. So I, the only 
Yeah, this makes me nervous. I read that when it first came out, uh, mostly because I was expecting it to be like 80 pages, because mm -hmm. that's what I'm used to. Mm -hmm. 16? Yeah. Come on, come with more than that. It was literally just copy, a copy and paste. Yeah. And then adding a different like date. ledger number. Yeah. yeah. A, a different date, pretty much. So it's, it's the same crime, repeated 33 times. Mm -hmm. uh, so once, and then the other 33. <laughs> uh, but just with a few dates changed. That's it. And the... It's so obvious that this is a political hit job. I mean, he, the Fox News uh, guy was talking a little bit about it, but they're discussing a misdemeanor, but the statute of limitations is out. So they for want- five years. It's not just years. out like by a couple months. Five years. So they want to, they, so they're pulling some trickeration to turn the misdemeanors into a felony, but only if the misdemeanors were used involving some other felony or some other some other case like that. And even the felony would have already had the statute of limitations run out. I guess instead, unless it was a federal case, in which case you run back in circles because he can't prosecute right. a federal case. So <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, it's the oddest thing. Yeah. Everyone knows it is, but I just don't, I'm worried that it doesn't make a difference being that it's being done right there, they finally have their, mm -hmm. what they think is their, their smoking gun, and they're just gonna go, it doesn't matter. Banana Republic, and that was a kangaroo court that we just saw. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think it matters. I, I was thinking the same thing. <clears throat> I mean, what I think what we need to do is look at the way that Donald Trump has been treated on the whole. Right, they've, they, they've gone after him, gone after him. It's kind of like, okay, let's, you know, we go here, oh, that doesn't work. We go here, oh, that doesn't work. We go here, you knock on my door, I knock him out. You know, it's like, you know, people just, they're going after him whichever way they can, which is like you said, this is a banana republic. I mean, they are trying to destroy him. Let's just take away from billionaire Donald Trump for a second. And let's say it's any of us or any of you out there. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get past the first one, right? Because they're going to destroy you financially first, mm -hmm. right? So you're not going to have either. I mean, I think it's amazing that he has the energy to get up and keep fighting, right? No he's, he's like, you know, all right, I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I'm fighting. If that was us, how are we going to combat that? Are we going to be looking around? We're going to say, hey, guys, can you raise some money to help me with my, what was it, like $100 million I'm, I'm using to fight this? I mean, look, it's intimidation. I believe not only is it intimidation to stop him, but it's intimidate, they're trying to intimidate anyone else that mm -hmm. is decent, that might have done, even had a speeding ticket. I mean, look at what they did to Brett Kavanaugh, look at what they did to Amy Coney Barrett, right? This is all intimidation to stop decent people from trying to get into politics, right? Because they're just gonna be, absolutely relentless in coming after you. And it doesn't matter what it's for. Like they are literally, they have, they've got nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're literally making this stuff up. But as you said, it doesn't matter because all they're doing is they're tying him up. By the way, we're not looking at all the Biden documents that we've been speaking about for long, the Hunter Biden laptop. I mean, why aren't we even talking about the fact that Hunter Biden illegally had a firearm? Yeah. Right. I mean, those things are just gone. And, and I would like to make this other, like just on my little rant here, make this bigger point. When I came to the United States, I thought that it was the fairest country in the world. And even, that, like, even if there is some kind of, um, how can I put this, like irregularity or bad thing that's going on, that through the constitution and through the legal system, you have a way of addressing that and putting it right. Because from you know, slavery all the way through, 
the country's managed to, through legal means and, and through doing this in a, not always a peaceful way, but from, from the majority, rectifying those things. This is, it's gone now. The system is completely broken. And I would absolutely dread going in front of any judge, in front of any court in this country now. You cannot be guaranteed a fair trial. I, I believe that. I think everyone is worried now. I, and what, one of the things when you said you had the uh, Attorney General Paxton on, mm -hmm. my first thought what they entered my head was, did you ask him how many cases your office and DAs all around the state were preparing against? Pick anyone that's in the Biden administration yeah. and go the hell after them. Because this has got to be, the only way we rectify this is mutually assured destruction. I, I, agree mutually with, assured destruction. I agree with you in some cases, but with this one, it's just, Oh, man. I mean, you're talking about destroying people's livelihoods over nothing. And that's why it would never happen before. Yeah. But now they, they have no fear. Yeah. No fear whatsoever. I mean, and pick, and that goes all the way across the spectrum of liberalism right now. I mean, they have no, so much fear, they have so little fear of us that they're going after our children in their own damn schools. You know, it's, it's interesting, <laughs> too, because... If we don't do anything off of that... Yeah. Well, guess what, Jason? We just had a midterm come around. I know. Did we do anything about voters. it? It's the voters. I know. Directly at the Which voters. we are going to get into um, after the break because I think that, that is, uh, that's something that's happening in Chicago. That's something that's happening in Wisconsin. There are really big um, issues that need to be addressed. Um, I, okay, I want to I wanna do this. Right. Let, me, let me play for you. Uh-oh, Jason's about to go I was about off. to say Rona McDaniel, but we'll save it. Okay, all right, let's save it. I do want to play for you, though, just to show you what kind of quality broadcasting you're getting from the mainstream media who, you know, maybe you're watching MSNBC because you hate your life and you just want to punish yourself. I don't know. But Rachel Maddow, it was fascinating. She wouldn't even cover Donald Trump's speech because she claimed, oh, well, we can, I'm not going to give any of the, the lies and misinformation any airtime. I assure you, whatever he's saying are just lies. Watch. Just as a moment of business here, and then I'll come to you in just one second. Oh, I need to tell you that right now, uh, the former president himself is making remarks tonight okay. um, from his home in Florida. As far as we can tell, and what we were prepared for here is that this is basically a campaign speech in which he is repeating his same lies and allegations against his perceived enemies. It is just getting started. Um, so far, he's just giving his normal list of grievances. Um, we don't consider that necessarily newsworthy, and there's a cost okay. to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. So, oh, like you uh, do every deal single with you. Day? that we will monitor these remarks. If he does say anything newsworthy, we will turn them around and report on that right away. But oh. uh, for now, just know that it's happening and we're not taking it. Okay, great. That's awesome. Uh, wow, Chris Hayes really went downhill. Uh, we've got to uh, take a quick break. We'll be back with more. First, I want to thank our sponsor, Raycon. So uh, look, Raycon is, you're going to get the like most premium quality audio uh, earbud that is available, but you're not going to pay the price that they're, some of their competitors, I'm not gonna name any names, but I'm just saying, if you are in the market for an earbud, you've got to try Raycon. They go all the way in your ear. They don't have the dumb little stems that stick out. I don't know who would make a, a, an earbud that has the stem that sticks out that just makes the earbud more prone to like falling all the way out. Why would you do that? Don't do that. You got to try Raycon. I use mine. They don't slip. I, I'm doing burpees. I'm like, I'm doing hardcore workouts and they don't move 
And I'm getting awesome audio quality. So if you got a podcast you listen to, maybe you like to listen to music, maybe you like to work out and, uh, and you know, have a listen, you can get it all at buybyraycon.com slash Y. Today, you'll get 15% off of your Raycon order. They've got tons of different colors. I bought some for my mom. I bought some for my son. We've got them all over at Raycon. You can find whatever you need uh, over at buybyraycon.com slash Y. <laughs> So you mentioned at the beginning of this program, both of you said, we're talking about Donald Trump being indicted, being arrested, having to defend himself on seemingly just complete flimsy bull. Oh, I said it. Thanks. Um, Didn't mean for that one to slip out, but it did. Um, And you said, does it matter? And I share the sentiment and I don't want to get too, you know, doom and gloom. Um, Jason, I know your boss gets enough doom and gloom for all of us, but... It was not just the Trump stuff the Trump stuff happening. It's also the Wisconsin Supreme Court race, which uh, a George Soros backed liberal, radical liberal, I, d- I did say George Soros backed uh, Supreme Court candidate Judge Janet Protasiewicz, like very, very handily defeated the conservative backed candidate Dan Kelly just yesterday. This was this was a very, very big race. It was crucial for the ideological balance of the Supreme Court in Wisconsin. And this woman ran on being very pro-abortion. Uh, she er, she earned 55.5 percent compared to Kelly's 44.5 percent. And here. This is one of the the most expensive races in the state history. She had a lot of money behind her, right? She obviously had a lot of of groups helping her. And uh, total spending exceeded $40 million. Uh, This is compared to previous years when total spending was only around $10 million. That's that's how much of a difference it was. Um, And I want to play for you. This, this woman, this woman who just got the esteemed position of the Supreme Court of Wisconsin. I want to play for you her entrance as she won and uh, giving her victory speech. I want you to pay very close attention to the song that they're playing for her to walk into. Watch. Justice of the Wisconsin State Supreme Court. There's so many Karens in one place. Go, 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 go. Is that bitch a cop? Yeah, is this? Huh. Okay. Great. So, who is that? Lizzo? Yeah. It's bad bitch o'clock. That's how far we've fallen. That's a Supreme Court, uh, you know, justice of, of Wisconsin who's walking into bad bitch o'clock. That's great. Well done, America. And it wasn't just Wisconsin. Chicago just had this mayoral race. And, you know, we covered this when Lori Lightfoot uh, had left and, and lost, I should say. And I said, hold on. Let's look into these other two candidates that she lost, uh, that she lost from. And, and let's look into what they're about, because I can promise you they're just as radical. Chicago is not Chicago is not saying we are turning against the radical policies. They've just decided they don't like Lori Lightfoot being their their figurehead. Right. And sure enough, it was moderate ish, I guess, in this day and age, Democrat and a radical Democrat. Well, uh, last night, the radical Democrat won. He was declared as the city's new mayor. This is Brandon Johnson. Um, and he, you know, all over his website, all this pro LGBTQ racial justice, you know, all of the taglines that you would hear from these people on the radical left. 
They're all still winning. So does it all matter? Does it because we come on here and we share these same old grievances and we talk about Jason, as you mentioned, uh, you know, them trying to groom our children. They're trying to sexualize our children. They're trying to do all these things. And at the end of the day, these people are still winning these races. Yeah. And the, the Chicago candidate is basically a communist. Mm-hmm. And he was he was running up against. I guess he was still a Democrat, but I guess he was. A he was a bit Democrat. More... He was pro police. Yeah. Paul, Paul <laughs> Vallis. He was pro police, um, and he wanted to reform the. He was into school choice. So what's what's crazy is is uh, you know a conservative is not getting voted in in Chicago, which is pretty hilarious. I mean, they're looking for something to change from Lori Lightfoot. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change with anything you threw out there as a choice. And you, you pretty much hit it. They basically just don't like that she... They actually, I think that it's not that they don't like her being her spokesman. They're just happy for someone to take the, the hit because they're not going to change their policies. She'll take the hit. She'll be the problem. They'll let her go. Somebody else will move into her spot. Not do a damn thing different. Everything the same. The, the, pol- the politics will be exactly the same. <clears throat> Eventually, they'll get forced out, and it's a never-ending cycle before... All of Chicago is just a bunch of, it looks like Havana, Cuba, probably, at some point, just completely in tatters and everyone's a slave to the state. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's infuriating and even more infuriating that there are voter, there are, there are at least, maybe almost, maybe, either, if it's not conservative, then they're more, on, more closer to the right or even to the center that aren't even trying. Right. They're not even trying. And they're looking for leadership, and the GOP leadership is not giving them anything. They're doing the same crap that they've been doing, the same crap that just lost us the midterms. Mm-hmm. They're not changing. Uh, I saw Rona McDaniel go on, and she's talking about, well, yeah, you know, um, we've got a few problems. We've got the abortion problem. I'm like, really? Are you serious? Like, that is your message. That's, that's what you're throwing out there. Meanwhile, Harmeet Dillon was just sitting there. She yeah. could have taken it, and maybe, maybe we still would have lost these, but I know we would have had a better shot. Mm-hmm. I know that she would have done things differently, but they're not concerned about that. This is one of the things that, I, and I know everyone that's diehard Trump fan is going to hate me for this, but maybe it's time to look at something different, yeah. right? The midterms were an abomination. That should not have happened. We should not have, you know... Put ran certain candidates that were running. Dr. Oz, for crying out loud, mm-hmm. why was everybody endorsing Dr. Oz? He's not a conservative. Herschel Walker, I mean, there could have been a better candidate than Herschel Walker. It's like they're not even trying. They're doing the same exact things. It's not going to change. And we need someone to go in there and start kicking ass. We need someone to go in there and say, I think, what is it, like 20% of conservatives actually vote in the primaries? That can't continue. Right. right. That's right. got to change. Right. But as it, if, if we stay right now, if nothing changes, and we just, we're just going off of our rage of, okay, we're going to take back 2024, well, to do that, you're going to have to win Wisconsin, which mm-hmm. it's looking like it, that's not mm-hmm. going to happen mm-hmm. now. You have to win Arizona. I don't think we can do that with the status quo as it mm-hmm. is. And you're going to have to win Georgia. Mm-hmm. We can't, we've proven time and time again we can't do that, which means we lose 2024. Right. So they have to change, and they have to do it now, or what we're seeing now is going to be double bad. By then. Yeah, I mean, what is it going to take, Matt, for voters to actually show up? Because I, I'm, I have to believe, as Jason just pointed out, is a minute fraction of them that are actually showing up to vote in really important elections. Well, the problem is, is, you know, the people that are watching the show, the people that are going to be turning up. Yeah. 
right, which is this is why we love you, you know, and they're involved and they're engaged. But how many times have we said you have to get involved? And, and if people aren't getting involved with their kids being mutilated, you know, their genitals being mutilated, I'm, I don't know what is. You know, we talk a lot of, again, we're saying about Soros, right? So, so why does this name come up so often? And look, I admire them because they play to win. Mm -hmm. I admire them because they know what they want and they're like, I don't care how much money I've got to throw at this. And, and here's the thing. It's like Pelosi. I don't like her, but I admire her. No, no, I looked at her and I'm like, hey, you know what? I wish. You admire the dedication were... yeah. to winning. They, they want to win. They're yeah. going out there and they're smashing us. Look, you might not agree with what, they, what their beliefs are. I certainly don't, right? But they're single-minded in getting it. And the problem is, is, and, and this is where it really drives me bonkers because I've seen it from, from an entertainment standpoint, right? Because in entertainment, politics is downstream from culture. It just is. It is, right? If you don't think it is, do you think Matthew McConaughey, if he ran tomorrow as governor of Texas, he would win? Yes, he would. He would win hands down. That, that's, it's just a fact because he's had billions of dollars behind him in publicity for the last 20 years. You might not like him, but... But that's the case. Politics is downstream from culture. So if you have someone that comes out like I did or like Gina Carano did in Hollywood and we come out and we say, hey, listen, we have these values. Do you know how much backing we get from the right? Very little. That much. None. Now, if I was a lefty and I want to go out and say whatever I want to say about blah, 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 guess how much? They just get absolutely everybody behind them that, you know, you, you've got Oprah or whatever, or, or, or whoever it is saying, OK, I'm going to support you in your cause. Right. So this also translates through to politics. If you've got someone that's going to go out and they're going to say, hey, listen, I'm going to fight this. Like someone like a Harmeet Dillon, who I think would be absolutely fantastic in that role, right? She's, she, she ticks all the boxes, she's super smart. Why aren't we getting behind her? And why aren't people motivated to actually put a little bit of pressure on the people that donate, the, the big donors? Like, why aren't they putting money behind these candidates? Because I'll tell you this, if I hear about another big donor putting money to get a building built, in, what, in a college that, by the way, their grandchildren are going to pull it down, right, eventually because mm -hmm. of their, like, uh, you know, their, their disgusting right-wing grandparents that, that, that built all this. You've got to invest now. Like, this is it. Like you said, here's the thing. They cannot allow Donald Trump to get back in. They cannot because they know what he's going to do. He's going to rip them to pieces. He's going to, which, by the way, should have done it first time. He's going to go through the alphabet agencies. He's going he's gonna to strip all that out. And he's going to, turn around, he's going to go after the, these people that have done what they've done to him because the delineation that we didn't make earlier is these are trumped up charges, if you excuse the pun, right? <laughs> but the Hunter Biden stuff, that's real. Like, that is not a lie. Right. We all know it's not a lie. These, if you, you know, the federal firearms thing, that is a thing that he should be prosecuted for. You get prosecuted for, you would, and so would I. So there, there's a clear, and again, going back to fairness, we don't have equal opportunity under the law, right? Like, that is, that is not happening right now. So basically, it's up to, and, and I, it's sad in a way because we know that the people that are listening to this feel the same way that we do. That's why they subscribe to The Blaze mm -hmm. and they support this, this, this network, right? But we've got to get other people engaged.
That's it. You've got to go to your complacent uncle, you know, your cousin that thinks that they don't, you know, they don't have to get involved. And you've got to go, hey, listen, you've got to come and vote. And you've got to get involved, especially in local politics. Yeah. Yep. Um, I want to kind of tie all this together by uh, bringing up Joe Biden's approval rating. Um, they're very near record lows right now. Uh, 43% of women approve of Biden's job performance compared to the 42% lowest rating among age, uh, voters ages 45 and up. 41% approve of his job performance compared to the low of 39%. Suburban voters, same thing, 41% approval rating. Uh, suburban women, it's kind of a big key demographic there. Uh, Biden's job performance is at a low of 41%. So the question is, Right. They're they're unhappy. People are unhappy. They don't approve of the job that he's doing. What are you going to do about it? That's what I would like to know. Um, we've got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Eden Pure. So Eden Pure, they've got this thunderstorm air purifier that um, it actually has this oxy technology that you plug it in and you turn up the dial and it actually like the molecules go out to, it seeks and destroys viruses, odors, mold, so much more. And I know this because not only do I live in a zoo where I have 10 billion animals that I don't know why I decided and agreed to, to have uh, most days. I have litter boxes as well. But I also have a preteen boy at home. And there's just, it's a certain smell that comes with having a preteen boy. These, these worse guys, than a litter box. It is worse yeah. than a litter box. <laughs> and, and men. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I do have one of those in the house, too. Um, and so I love the thunderstorm because my house actually smells clean again, even though I do have the men and the boys and the cats. All right. So you've got to try it. It's great if you cook in the kitchen a lot and you've got you've got a bunch of pungent, maybe, uh, you know, herbs that you're using. Um, but it really, really, really works. You got to try it. You can go to Eden Pure Deals dot com and uh, use discount code Sarah. You can save $200 on a three pack for whole home protection. You're going to want that because you're going to want to put it in your kitchen, your bedroom, your bathroom, wherever you need it. You will be able to do that. That is EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code Sarah. Hey, uh, before I forget, like I did earlier in the show, make sure that uh, if you are watching on YouTube, we do love a gentle tapping of the like button. So make sure that you hit that thumbs up and uh, subscribe to the show, to the channel for more. Uh, make sure to comment and let us know what you think of the news of the day. And by the way, for those of you, if you're watching this and you think that you are already subscribed, a ton of people have been telling me that they are not. Like they're like, YouTube unsubscribed me, I guess. That's a thing that they do. I mean, just joking. YouTube is great. And we love you, oh, YouTube overlords. You are so uh, nice. But just make sure that you are subscribed to the channel. All right. I want to get to uh, this story about the United Methodist Church. So you guys, I'm sure, are familiar with, uh, you know, the United Methodist Church, the split that they had. Uh, well, nearly 200 United Methodist churches in Georgia filed a lawsuit last week uh, against their own religion, the regional body, after they were temporarily halted from disaffiliating. This is uh, another escalation in the tensions between the, what are they called now, the Global Methodists and the United Methodists. So this is 186 Methodist churches in UMC North Georgia Conference. And um, they say that uh, the leaders of the conference acted wrongfully in bad faith and beyond the limits of their power to deny the churches the right to vote on the withdrawal from the UMC with their property intact. So they are trying to keep their property because they said, well, we, 
this isn't our fault that you guys decided to take this out of hand and, uh, you know, you want to now all of a sudden uphold, you know, LGBTQIA apostrophe plus uh, mentalities. And we just want, we want our stuff. We want to be intact. And they've had to file a lawsuit. And I just, you know, we talk about all of these cultural issues that are plaguing society. And it's hard to imagine how they get better. When I, I literally never in a million years would have thought in April of 2023, I would be talking about a story about a church having to split and, and argue over property because one of them was like, yeah, we're totally cool with this very blatant sin in the Bible, but you know what? We're going to do it anyway, so let's split. It, it, ju it just blows my mind that we're even having this conversation. And then it's like, well, it's no wonder that society is how it is right now. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember when I was a kid, my dad was a, was a pastor, and there was always talk of different churches like threatening to split over like things that seemed like they were doctrine. Like in my church, I, I grew up Church of Christ, um, very, very conservative Protestant. And uh, they'd be like, some people would say, oh, it's okay if, you know, like we have an event and people dance at it. And then the other hardliners would be like, no, no, you know, because there's just the, that's what would make churches split back in the day. Mm -hmm. Little things like that. Mm -hmm. This would never even be a question. Right. Right. Like this is insane. Yeah. This is, no, it's, this is pure evil. This is evil trying to pervert the Lord's church. Mm -hmm. That's what this is. Mm -hmm. It's very, very obvious in the Bible there is no discussion, no matter how you try to like extrapolate things out of verses or whatever, this is a sin. That does not mean we have to hate the people that do the sin. Mm -hmm. I, I don't hate anyone. I've got a lot of friends that are in the LGB, elemental P, whatever community. Mm -hmm. Great, you know, I have nothing I do. I'm a libertarian, I don't, I don't really care. But things are different inside the walls of that church. Yeah. So just because it may be cool, right. or just because you might get a few more people coming into your establishment uh, you know, to put money in the collection plate, does not mean you change the word of God, mm -hmm. period. So I don't understand, I don't understand how this is even continuing. It makes no sense yeah, to me at it's all. It's like a church is now a social club and you can just make the rules whatever you want that social club to be and that's that, as if there isn't a book that very clearly outlines what exactly it is. Yeah, well, I mean, look, there's, where do I start on this? I mean, coming from the UK, I used to be in a situation where like, you know, you, if you're either a believer or you're not, there wasn't like, apart from the actual uh, fighting in Northern Ireland that was seen between Catholic and Protestants, there wasn't that much difference. You know, if you were a Christian, you were on the same side of the other Christians, right? And you pretty much believed the same things that, you know, I mean, if you look at the Anglican church, there's not that much difference between the Anglicans and the Catholics, right? And, and so when I came to America and I saw that there was more of a difference between different denominations, it was a little bit kind of eye-opening for me. But that being said, we're in a spiritual battle, right? We have to acknowledge that all of this is a spiritual battle. If you don't, then you're not, you don't get it. Um, and I think that what we need to start doing is, as, as different branches of Christianity, is look at the things we have more in common and start aligning with people. You know, like, I mean, as a Catholic, I've got two of my friends who were like, oh, you know, you believe in this, you believe in that, you believe in this. And I was like, actually, that, none of those things you're saying we believe in. Let me sit down and talk to you about this. Because as I had a reversion to my faith, I learned about it, so I was able to talk about it. And they were like, hang on a second. Well, we pretty much believe the same things apart from these 
these little diff, little, I mean, there's, there's a huge split of it, but you know, as it goes, they're very small differences. And as long as we acknowledge, like, I, I don't understand why people would want to take something that, that is saying that this is not, this is not um, applicable to the way you want to live your life and bend it so that it is, mm -hmm. right? Like, why, why, is this, why is this a social club that you have to be a part of? Like, right. five seconds ago, I mean, I, one of we'll my- start your own thing. Just do your own thing. I, I, I don't the, understand it. And I, the United Methodist one in particular really bothers me because it's the people who have decided to twist the faith who get to keep the United Methodist name. Like, why? Why? They should be the ones to ha get, if you go call yourself global Methodist, whatever, LGBTQ Methodist, whatever you want to call it. But why do the people who have decided to twist God's word, why do they get to be the ones to well, keep because, it? Well, because, because whose dominion is the earth? I mean, this is what you got to look at ultimately. Yeah. I mean, we just watched a movie about it last night, right? But who, th there's a bigger play, right? There's a bigger play at hand. And what we need to do is, is keep our eyes focused on what matters, right? And, and people need to start talking to one another. They're, they're, this, this division that I, like I said, I didn't see actually until I came to the United States and then even more when I moved south, right? This perceived division isn't actually a division. I'm talking about between like conservative Christians, We're pretty much on the, on the same page on the majority of things. Yeah. So that's where we have to be centered. Yeah, I, um, so you mentioned the movie that we all saw last night. We did all go to a movie premiere. And you know what? If this conversation uh, entices you at all, you wanna talk about spirituality? You're gonna wanna go see Nefarious, okay? This is, uh, of course, this is based on a book that was written by our, our friend Steve Dace, a Blaze TV host, and it's made by the same people who made God's Not Dead and Unplanned. But um, it's, it is, I, personally, I think Nefarious blows the other two out of the water. This is not, I don't want you to approach it like, oh my gosh, it's another one of those Christian movies. Oh, yawn. That's not what this is. This is really tackling the issue of uh, spirituality, the issue of heaven and hell, the issue of demons, right? And it really is fascinating. I think that everyone within the sound of my voice needs to not only go to whoisnefarious.com to, uh, to get yourself a ticket, you need to invite a friend. Invite your friend who doesn't go to church because they will love this movie, but it will also open their eyes to uh, a larger conversation that needs to be had. So I am urging you, please, we all watched it last night. I watched it for the second time. I loved it just as much as the first time I watched it. It is like, you're literally like on the edge of your seat almost the whole time. It's great. You can mark the date and get your tickets now, April 14th, the weekend of April 14th. Go to whoisnefarious.com to get those tickets. Bring a friend. That is whoisnefarious.com. Canadian politician that uses they, them pronouns is uh, seeking to create community safety zones that would prohibit any homophobic or transphobic act of intimidation, threat, offensive threats, offensive remarks, protests, disturbance, and distribution of hate propaganda within 100 meters of drag show venues. Let's listen to her, him, I don't know, shim, I don't know, watch. Firstly, it enables the attorney general to create a 2SLGBTQI+. Oh, community safety zone to prohibit within 100 meters of the, the property any homophobic, transphobic mm. act of intimidation, threat, offensive threats, 
offensive remarks, protest, disturbance, and distribution of hate propaganda within the meaning of the uh, criminal code. It also comes with it a penalty of $25,000 if prosecuted successfully. All the people behind, all the boxes checked. They've got the kid. They've got the creepy-looking clown drag queens. They've got a mask. And they've got a mentally illiberal white woman. So they've got all the boxes checked. It doesn't show the ones to the far left. Uh, you can't see it there, but to the far left, there's a wizard and a witch. Oh my I'm gosh! Serious. Of course, of course there are. Um, so I want to play for you, uh, drag queen Scarlet Bobo, who re- I mean, honestly, just looks like uh, Bozo the Clown, who said drag is not a crime because they're they are the victims. The drag queens watch. We will not let fear win. A world without trans people has never existed. A world without drag has never existed, and it never will. Queer people have always been here amongst us. They are our co-workers. They are our brothers, our sisters. They are our mothers, our fathers. They are our families. Mm -hmm. Drag is art. Mm -hmm. Drag is culture. Mm -hmm. Drag is educational. Drag is creative. Mm -hmm. Drag is comedy, but drag is not a crime. Okay. My name is Scarlett Bobo, Mm. and thank you so much for your time. So notice that she didn't say what drag is, which is for kids, because it's not. And that's the whole freaking problem that anyone has with it. I'm so sick of these victims. Oh my God, we're oppressed, we're the victims. You wanna, you wanna outlaw drag. No, we just don't want you to do it in front of our kids. Is that too much to ask? Seems like it shouldn't be too much to ask for anyone who doesn't have in, the intention of sexualizing children. Seems like a reasonable ask, and yet, and yet, they turn themselves into the victims every freaking time. Nobody is trying to outlaw drag. Nobody is trying to outlaw drag. Do you guys know anyone who's trying to outlaw drag? Anybody? Nope. Do you know anyone who cares what consenting adults go do in their spare time at whatever weird-ass club that they choose to go to on the weekends? Nope. Nobody. I'm so sick of having this conversation with these people and they, they accuse us, oh my God, you're, you're drag-phobic. You're, no, I literally just want you to stop like gyrating in front of little kids. Call me old-fashioned, I guess. I like how she said, being drag is not a crime, obviously. But then they want to make saying mean right. things. A crime. About drag a crime. Right. Like, this is insane. Like, I... I mean, Mao's great-great-grandfather steps up to the podium here and then <laughs> advocates basically the cultural revolution for... I, that was insane. Yeah. Canada's gone, It man. really is. I mean, I don't know how you know, likely this is to actually become a law over there, but they, surely they have a version of the First Amendment, right? They sh- I, I'm assuming they do. Something like that. Sort of. But no, it's uh, a tradition. I, I think in the UK it's got like a, a minute left. Go ahead. Um, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Give, give, give me these people. Like, what is wrong with them? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, is anyone like? It's it's just like in this weird freak show that there are a bunch of weirdos. I don't know what like weirdo. Did you see crap Fabio in the corner? Where is he? Can we have that picture up? Like, the, did did you see him? He looks Where like he? he can bench press 400 freaking pounds. Like nobody. What? Like, look, if you kill God. If you kill God, you become God. You become God, so you want to be in front of everything and you want to make everything about yourself. This has got nothing to do with anything but their own egos. This is what it's all about. And you know what? Again, will you please get engaged? Please get engaged because if you'd have said any... Trans is not freaking 
Drag, it's not. Gay is not drag. You, they're, uh, they're just like, just it's like this all. massive ball of like conglomeration of all these things. They're, they're separate things. Like, like you said, Sarah, you got to delineate. Nobody's saying don't do drag. Yeah. They're saying don't do drag in front of our little ki kids. Right. Don't, right. don't push transgender on our kids. Not so much to ask, all right? We'll be right back. bit of time left but I did want to show you the picture that Jason was referring to to show the full gang over there <laughs> is that Cher? <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's the witch. That's okay that's the witch so we got the witch we've got the what 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 did you call him Matt? Crap Fabio. Crap Fabio. We've got a wizard. Wow. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.